Hi everybody, I'm Ralph Benmergi. Welcome to You Hope It's Still, brought to you by Pear Tree Canada. You know, I've been talking to some friends of mine who are Jewish, and uh, they say, and you do this, your podcast, not that kind of rabbi, and then you've got this other one, and it's, I can't say the name. And I go, oh, you try. And Yehupu? Yeah, 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 he says, Yehupu? And I said, you got to do it with a ch. Yehupitzville. After that, I get to tell them what Yehupitzville means. Ironically, I've said this before, but for those just listening for the first time, ironically, Yehupitzville, the definition has turned on its head over the years. We say it like, oh, they moved to Yehupitzville, you know, or where does he live? Why? He's in Yehupitzville. And it means, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, as the, you know, and if you're living in a city like Toronto, you could say that about somebody who moved to uh, Steeles and Clark. Oh, Yehupitzville, you know, so far, you know. Um, but the original meaning of it was interesting in that it was really people who lived in the shtetls, when any of them would leave for the big city, Kiev or Krakow or even Moscow, they had gone to Yehopitzville. They'd gone to a place that was so foreign and far away from what their life that they'd moved to Yehopitzville. So over the years, we flipped it around, but that was its original meaning. Um, I'm going to talk to somebody who's uh, in North Bay. Now, North Bay, for me, is about one of my closest friends. His name is James, well, he calls himself James B. His real name is Jimmy Doyle, and his dad is Terry Doyle, who's still in North Bay. So is his sister, for that matter. But they're in North Bay, and I've got another friend, Heather, uh, Heather Graham. She's from North Bay, and all the stories I get about North Bay are through them. Last time I was there, I was there on a, a, a tour with a, a, taking somebody around to be interviewed, and Gordon Miller, who used to be the environmental commissioner, he lives in North Bay, so we hung out with him and I looked down the street and I didn't see anybody. It was a cold February day and I didn't see anybody. And all I saw was one guy and a dog and the dog came right up to me and jumped up and said, hi. <laughs> so I felt welcome to North Bay. There are other people who've decided that North Bay is home and some of them are Jewish. One of them moved there in, uh, well, 1973 to do some teaching and she's still there. Her name is Belle Kizzle and she is our guest on Yehopitzville today. How are you? I'm absolutely great. I went for a walk in the sunshine just before this. Lovely. Always a good thing to do, especially as it gets a bit colder out there. So what? why did you choose or did it choose you North Bay? Interesting question. I grew up in Cochrane, Ontario. Mm-hmm. It's the only Jewish child. When I applied for a job, I applied everywhere from North Bay to Windsor. And North Bay worked because it was halfway to home and halfway to the city. And I got accepted. What did you teach? I taught uh, high school music and English. Nice. Well, let's back up, though. What was your family doing in Cochrane? Oh, my family on my mother's side had a chain of stores through the north. They were pioneers, and the stores were called Perkus Limited, named after um, Ben Perkus, who died at uh, on the Blanche River while he was bringing people in near Inglehart mm-hmm. and land was donated to start the Krugerdorf Cemetery and that's where all my, my family is. So what was it like in Cochrane to be the only Jewish kid? Odd. Most of the time, I was just one of the gang. Um, sometimes, though, 
I wasn't when I left for uh, High Holy Days and went to Kirkland Lake to join other family there at the synagogue. I wasn't exposed to any prejudice at all until I was in grade eight. And the person I thought was my friend stole my bicycle and called me a dirty Jew. Hmm. So that was the end of that friendship. That must have been hard. It was very difficult. It was reality. Um, my father could not deal with prejudice. He had been in the war, was sent overseas after the war was over to clean up Bergen-Belsen. So when any mention of war or prejudice or anything happened, he would leave the room. He did that once in North Bay. We were at a restaurant. This was in the mid-70s. And everybody else got served. Everybody else had water. Everybody else had a menu. Everybody else had whatever they wanted. And we were still sitting there. And my father looked like he was going to blow. Um, he, ne he never had a temper, ever. I mm. never heard him say a bad word about anybody and he just said come on we're going and we left the restaurant is now owned by different people <laughs> so you can go eat there yes. <laughs> so when you got there there were what 40 or 50 families in north bay jewish families that's right oh when i applied for my job the principal who was interviewing me asked me my religion which is probably not kosher and then he told me there aren't probably aren't any single Jewish men in North Bay. So he was concerned that I would be husband hunting. Mm. And when I said that really didn't matter, I wanted a job, I got the job. Did you find your husband in North Bay? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, we were set up at a dinner in the 80s and dated for six months. And it was really lovely, but it wasn't right then. And I became quite ill. I had back problems. Most exciting thing I did was, oh, I crawled to the bathroom. Uh -huh. So eventually the relationship just fizzled. And we got together in again. Um, We'd always sort of kept in contact on and off. We'd seen each other. But we got together again in 2000. He was living in Meaford, Ontario. And he started sending me emails every three or four weeks. And then it would get more often. And then it was, I'm moving to North Bay. And the next email was, when I make veal, this is what I do. <laughs> So I texted back or wrote back, when's dinner? <laughs> so he came and cooked for me. Right. So you didn't exactly show up and <clears throat> get married and move on. It took a while to find him, I guess. Oh, yeah. 50 years. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so 40 or 50 families of Jews there. So I assume there was an active synagogue and you were part of it. Is that right? Very much so. Um, there were services there was a rabbi who sometimes had a different job as well. One of one of them uh, was part of bakery, um, which was kind of interesting. I remember one rabbi who we hired from Hungary. His wife is a psychiatrist who wasn't allowed to practice in the in the province right. because she didn't have the license. Services with all the visitors 
during holidays were marvelous. My first couple of years here as a single woman, there was one family that would invite me to dinner, um, not necessarily on Shabbos, but they would invite me because they knew my parents. Hmm. And that was nice. And I always said, what can I bring? And they said nothing. And then the hostess told somebody else she never brings anything. (laughs) So I learned my lesson. Um, in my second or third year here, I invited an uncle for Yom Kippur from Kirkham Lake because their synagogue had closed. And he came and we fasted and nobody invited us anywhere. And we broke the fast in a Chinese restaurant. Mm. After that, um, a few, or another couple, younger couple moved to town and he had been my husband's buddy. So all of a sudden we were included in everything. Um, And then I was included as a single woman as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so in the synagogue itself, you had a rabbi, you had had a Hebrew school, I assume, a Hadassah. So you were, how important was it for you to be Jewish? You know, for some people, they move to wherever, they come from wherever, they just go, eh, you know, I'm not, I'm secular, it's fine. How important Uh, was it for you to be Jewish? It's who I am, very much so. Um, My practice is mostly secular, but my identity is Jewish, no matter what. Um, I joined Hadassah and found out that all these women had louder voices than I did, and they all talked at once. (laughs) 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 And that was an experience because I'd never been part of a Jewish women's group before. Right. Um, Meeting other people in the community, I didn't tell people I was Jewish unless it came up or I wanted them to know. Some of them would ask. Um, as a teacher, people, some people found out. Um, my last year's teaching, I had uh, a little bit of anti-Semitism from one child in a, about grade 10 or 11. And rather than do anything, I just walked out of the room until I could uh, get myself together. When I came back, in there was dead silence in the room nobody knew what to do what to say he didn't apologize he just sat there and i remember it to this day obviously Mm. Uh, the school board was interesting because even though i offered to work christmas or easter i couldn't get jewish holidays off right uh so i would always go to the principal and say i'm going to be sick on these days (laughs) and this is where i'm going to be can you arrange it and about three principals went to the board and tried to arrange for me to do it legally without a sick day and nobody could make it happen right interesting you know they it sounds like there's pieces of this that were lonely and pieces of it where you found community that's right right Mm -hmm. and did you find joy in your jewish life in north bay um no wow (laughs) not really i was disconnected uh i would i could go to services and i could i can't read hebrew but i could follow along i went to a zionist camp so i knew that and i sang in a synagogue choir in toronto for a couple of years so i could sing all the songs and the prayers and that was 
that was fine. But did it give me anything spiritual? No, nothing. Hmm. So it, it was a cultural thing. It wasn't a that's right a spiritual thing. That's right, very much so. And so, how did you nourish your spiritual life? Um, reading, mm-hmm. um, meditating, going out in the summer and sitting on a rock and feeling the power of the earth while I looked at Lake Nipissing felt to me more connected than anything mm. I had done. Um, having had no education, no tourist, nor no tourist school, no nothing. Um, in the last two years, three years, I guess, I've joined a Christian church Bible class hmm. that does studies the Old Testament in the morning and New Testament in the afternoon. So I am doing Bible class in the morning with Christians. Everything is very, very carefully done so as not not to upset me. Um, yes, everything is related to Jesus, but on the I just tune all that out. Hmm. Um, today was... Uh, hmm, what was today? Today was a lesson on construction of the Holy of Holies oh, yeah. and the, all the poles and the curtains and who could go where and who could do what. That's right. And which colors and which cubits of length. and Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The exactness of it had to be there. Yes, it was incredible. And uh, a film was shown, showing, making it all more real. And it the explanation of the six branch candelabra being the tree of life. Right. Which I had no idea. So you're getting a Jewish education at a church. And they're being really good to you, right? That's right. Do they uh, all talk at the same time the way Jews do, or, or is it different? Uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> they take their turns. They're not like us. They don't talk it, all well, time. right now it's on Zoom, but yes, every... <laughs> Thing I've gone to without Jews, they all take turns. Everything I've gone to with Jews, it's just chaos. <laughs> I can't handle it. As a music teacher, you're trained to listen to everything. You hear every nuance. And following three conversations at once was incredible. And the person with the loudest voice always won. And I was very quiet, often very shy. So basically just kept quiet and listened and smiled and nodded. So where's the the synagogue no longer is, I assume. Is that right? Oh, it is. Oh, it is. It is. Um, It's the Sons of Jacob. There's a website online. The synagogue itself inside was redone on the main floor because years ago, while I was here, there was a flood, a water main burst in the sanctuary, and it was like Niagara Falls. But luckily, it was pouring away from the bima wow and um, the basement got flooded a lot of benches were ruined of course but as a odd aside that was the first time there was water in the mikvah (laughs) (laughs) some way to get it in i guess (laughs) yeah um the mikvah had been created for a rabbi um whose wife wanted it and then when she got here she ran away with a non-jew wow it was never finished and never used. Wow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the inside of the synagogue is really 
quite lovely. Stained glass windows, the, all the, the rest. The outside looks like a shambles. And we were fundraising to do something with it. But until there, there are more Jews here, it's very hard to say, let's spend the money on a building we might have to sell in a couple of years. So there used to be, when you got there, 40 or 50 families. How many are there now? Um, like, can you make a minion? If the women count. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, a few have families have just moved in. We had a Hanukkah party. I'd never met a lot of these people. So can we make a minion now? Quite possibly. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? Before COVID started, there was a rumor that there were Orthodox Jews who wanted to move to North Bay because the, they could walk to, to Shul and the price of housing was more reasonable at that time. Uh, there is now a butcher shop um, at the top of Airport Hill that does halal that can also do kosher if they ever got a shachet and had demand for it. But as it is now, everything would have to be brought in. Right. Do you stay kosher? No. Right. I wasn't brought up kosher. Right. So, but I would assume a lot of the families who live there now, they're not kosher. I don't. Thank you. Anybody is um, some of the, a lot of them were or kosher style at least while their parents were alive. But I don't think they went to the extent of separate dish towels for di- for dairy and meat and separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two yeah, sinks. Yeah, the, and... the whole deal. Yeah, no, that would be a lot. So your your husband is secular, but yes. is is the president of the synagogue, right? That's right. That's right. And um, the last person who was president died in 2014, 2015, and he had been virtually president for life. And I think my husband, Howard, is now president for life. Um, <laughs> he sees it as his mandate to keep the doors open for the people who want it. Right. So when possible, uh, there are people who work bingos for fundraising and uh, the funds are used to pay some of the bills. Um, we do what we can. Yeah, yeah. Keep the doors open, I guess, is the point of the exercise at this point. That's right. But, you know, do you ever think to yourself, I wish I had lived in a bigger Jewish community so it wasn't quite the same, you know? Lived in Toronto with 180,000 Jews? or I think I would be overwhelmed. I went to University of Toronto. Um, the Jews I met, I tried, tried Hillel, mm-hmm. um, completely ignored me. I didn't have the same background. I didn't have the same polish. I didn't fit. Um, I have cousins in Toronto. And one of them says, said to me, I don't have any cousins. Who do I have? You? So that pretty much sums up my experience. Um, I enjoy going to the city. I enjoy taking advantage of things there. I enjoy the community when I can find one. Right. But would I want to be in Toronto? Definitely not. Hmm. So what do you think is the future of the North Bay Jewish community when you think about it? Well, I'm hoping with the new people moving in who have children that there may be a revival. Um, People can work from anywhere now. Yeah. And even though the prices of houses have gone up here, they're certainly cheaper than they are in the city. Yeah. Good. So maybe, right? What would maybe. happen though if all those maybe. If, the, if those Orthodox families came up? That would change the complexion of the place, eh? 
Oh, incredibly. We have had um, Orthodox rabbi come up. We've had conservative. We've had uh, Shalom Schachter, who was Orthodox, but his father was... Um, Zalman Schachter Shalom. Zal- yes, Zalman. Yeah. And um, the first thing they wanted to do was turn the lectern around so that they could face the congregation. And of course, the old guard said, no way, can't yeah. do that. <laughs> and uh, different melodies, different whatever. We've had a Sephardic rabbi. Um, now, if we need something, um, Howard's friend runs the service. And it's brief. Right. Um, I belong to a choir called Near North Voices, which is also on hold right now. But for three or four years, we learned enough Hebrew music to do Yom Kippur service. And we invited the goys as well. Um, usually there were more goys than there were Jews in the pews. Hmm, that's good. That's nice. Yeah. That's sharing, oh, right? Very much so. The flood, um, the community, most of the churches can help put us back together. And uh, there's a church kitty corner called St. Andrew's United. They had a an Italian spaghetti dinner cooked by a Chinese chef <laughs> for, for a synagogue. <laughs> that sounds like it, it's, it kind of sums up your existence in North Bay. It does. It does. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Well, uh, you know, it sounds like such an interesting journey. And uh, it's always so interesting to listen to people who are Jewish in solitary ways and Jewish in small community ways. And you had both. You were in Cochrane yes. as the only Jewish family. And then you're in North Bay as part of a, a decent group, but it's diminished. But you still yes. care. You still care. Yeah, I still care very much. And I'm still seeking. What are you seeking? Connection, meaning um, something other than just what the prayers give me. Right. Um, some some connection. Yeah. Well, like when you're sitting on that rock looking yeah. at a Lake Nipissing, right? Exactly. By yeah. the way, I know James B. and Terry. <laughs> Well, I'll say hi to James, and Terry just sent me a book, so we're all good. Good. <laughs> all right, l- listen, it's been it's really interesting talking to you, Belle. Thank you for di- doing this with me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Belle Kizel from Kizzle. I always like to say Kizel because it rhymes with Belle. Uh, Belle Kizzle from North Bay and uh, her Yehobishel experience. This has been Yehobishel, sponsored by Pear Tree Canada, reducing the after-tax cost of giving for Canadian major gift donors. Learn more at peartreecanada.com. I'm your host, Ralph ben Murphy. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Our music's by Louis Samayo. And if you want to travel with us across this great country visiting more small Jewish communities, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear more of my work, I host another podcast called Not That Kind of Rabbi. I also have a book out now called I Thought He was dead. You can find it at local bookstores if you ask for it. And also Indigo. Oh, there it is. Bell's got one. Excellent. If you want to hear more Canadian Jewish stories, you can find them at the Canadian Jewish News' website, the cjn.ca. Thanks, and we'll see you next time in Yehupitzville.